What's going on, everybody? Nathan King here from the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody about one of our great sponsors here on the 24-7 Sports Network, and that is Homefield Apparel. What is Homefield Apparel? You guys, the premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis that produces incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs like Auburn and all of their great logos and designs um, that they've had throughout their history. Homefield digs through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your school. Obviously, one of their most popular collections is the Auburn collection now. Now over 20 pieces in total on their site, homefieldapparel.com. If you guys were anywhere on social media, you you were part of the Peacock movement. Um, if you're an Auburn fan of the Auburn basketball season, they've got a great Peacock shirt and Peacock hoodie that says Auburn Hoops. Easily my favorite design of theirs. Um, it's a great, great piece of uh, piece of work for an Auburn fan to pick up to commemorate this basketball season. You guys can still get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com with the code Auburn Undercover. That's all caps, all one word, Auburn Undercover. Please go check it out. You guys love their product, have loved it for a really long time. If you guys have been anywhere in the world of college athletics in the past couple of years in terms of social media, like I talked about, they have been phenomenal. They've done a really good job of branding themselves and they back it up with a great product. And Auburn is one of their biggest sellers like that new Peacock uh, jacket I was just telling you guys about. So be sure to go pick that up. Get 15% off your first purchase. Again, promo code, all caps, Auburn undercover at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. An exciting update for you guys here on the Auburn undercover podcast. We are proud to partner a new partnership here on the show, New Orleans-based Prime Shrimp, Shrimp Company, to give you guys some delicious, easy-to-cook shrimp. You can get it delivered straight to your door. These guys have been peeling shrimp in New Orleans since the 40s, and they're excited to debut an exciting new product for you guys to get restaurant-quality shrimp at home. Get this under 10 minutes without any of the usual fuss of cooking. The concept is simple and easy. You guys can take the frozen pouch right out of your freezer, drop it in a pot of boiling water. You have that shrimp ready in 10 minutes minutes order at primeshrimp.com you guys can get it delivered straight to your door and for the first week of our partnership with them you guys can use the code auburn247 that's all caps all one word auburn247 50 percent off your first purchase try it today risk-free purchase again primeshrimp.com if you guys don't love it you get your money back flavors include signature seasoned french quarter alfredo garlic herb butter and guys the louisiana shrimp boil i've i've had it i cannot get enough of it. my wife really loves the french quarter alfredo but i absolutely cannot get enough of the louisiana shrimp boil so you guys are going to love this stuff again 50 percent off we're going to continue on after that with them we're going to have deals with them after that but this week only our first week auburn 24 7 all one word all caps auburn 247 50 percent off your first purchase again that is primeshrimp.com Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Hello to all of our live listeners on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. Um, If you're listening to the podcast, welcome as well. Auburn obviously just wrapped up a very exciting A-Day weekend, the culmination of 15 spring practices on the Plains and plenty of fun stuff um, from the weekend. Got Jason Caldwell and Mark Murphy joining me here on the live stream and on the podcast and the game itself, guys, um, obviously a, a game. You know, it's obviously a glorified scrimmage. It's just the final practice opportunity um, for Brian Harson at Auburn this spring. But all eyes were on the quarterback competition, and, and that's where, we're, where we'll start with this one as we recap the weekend. Um, things got a little bit spicier in, in terms of what we were looking at heading into the offseason. 
certainly we knew there was going to be plenty of talking points about this group. I mean, that's what we're going to have to deal with the next three months is just people talking and speculating about what the quarterback battle is going to look like. But we got a little bit more fodder uh, because Robbie Ashford, the Oregon transfer, was named offensive MVP. I think the numbers don't necessarily even tell his whole story there because he is a really athletic player um, who kind of got, you know, flag football touched down um, a few times. But, you know, I think after this one, there's probably not that much separation, Mark, between uh, between TJ Finley and, and a guy like Robbie Ashford heading into the heading into the meat of the offseason. Yeah, it was good to see Robbie Ashford play some football again. It's uh, been a while uh, since he was up at Hoover, and, and we got to see him play some. And Jason's seen him play a lot more than I have and probably about as much as anybody in the media because he's been on him early as a prospect. But, I mean, I think that's a good point about the touch football. His official stat line was six carries for minus three yards. In a real game, I think it had been six carries for 60 yards because a couple of times he was down, ruled down, and uh, there's no way they were going to tackle him. And one thing that really stands out to me about him, guys, is that, uh, you know, he is by far the most mobile of the quarterbacks out there. And I think that's going to be a big thing. Uh, the SEC's got such good athletes rushing on the outside. You better have a quarterback who can uh, evade some guys to give your receivers some time to get open. Because as we know, Auburn's receiver room is not the most talented and the deepest out there. And, you know, the more time a quarterback has to let those guys get open, the better. And, uh, but uh, I agree. And I, I thought it really all the quarterbacks played really uh, solidly. And uh, of course we didn't get to see Zach Calzada in the game, which we weren't expecting, but we got to see enough of him throw in the practices to realize this guy has got a really good touch on the ball. He's very accurate. And I don't know who's going to emerge as a starting quarterback. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I think, Jason, we talked about it um, on the show leading up to it, that this is probably your best-case scenario when you don't have a – now, the best-case scenario overall was a guy you know, completely separating himself and moving above the pack. With Calzada's injury, wasn't really in the cards. Um but for a guy like this to come out and sort of, you know, he's the we we talked about Ashford as kind of being the wild card of the room, um, to go out and give the fan base some confidence, you know, give them give them a guy in 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 a in a you know game like setting, for a guy to be like, okay, you know, maybe there maybe there could be a guy you know within this quarterback room who can raise the floor of this offense, um, a little bit and be be a little bit more of a of a player that's got um, you know more potential down the stretch of the season, if he's used. Um, you know, I was wondering your thoughts, Jason, on on how he looked in this game compared to compared to TJ Finley. I think TJ Finley, you know, um, was hurt by a couple drops. Obviously, he's working behind an offensive line, um, you know, that's that's missing a lot of pieces. But I mean, Robbie Ashford was with the second teamer, so I guess that's not really um, an excuse. But I think it's you know, it's a lot of what we've seen from TJ Finley before in this game. Um, whereas Ashford was kind of a guy that you know switched things up. It's something we hadn't seen before. Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was a good day, obviously, for Robbie Ashford. And it's 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 a scaled down scrimmage, and we've been watching these a long time. And just because a guy has a great A day doesn't mean he's going to go out and light it up in the fall. So that's the thing that you, you kind of have to take a little bit with a grain of salt. But it's also an important day. It's one of, you know, I talked about it in, in my column today. It's one of fifteen for the coaches. This is just another one of the fifteen days they get to evaluate quarterbacks, and so for them, it's going to be the entire body of work. Um, 
Denver. We've seen Robbie Ashford do some good things. He, we know he's athletic. He's physically talented. The, the question for him is, is how much can you lead an offense, take on an entire offense, do those things? Because he hasn't been tasked to do that in a couple of years. Even at Hoover, he was a guy that had some injuries. And so he he doesn't – he's not one of those guys that had has five years of starting quarterback football experience under his belt. The other thing he doesn't have is most of the time in high school and, and at Oregon in the spring, he was playing baseball. In the summer, he was playing baseball. So he's got a ton of upside. That's the thing about him is he's he's not anywhere close to what he will be and can be as a quarterback. Um, that's the that's the positive out of this the entire scenario is that he's got a ton of room for growth. Um, the injury to Zach Calzada might not have helped him, but it really helped Robbie Ashford. He got a lot more of those quality reps with that first and second team unit than he probably would have otherwise. It could gave him a boost of confidence going into this. TJ Finley, I thought did some good things. Had a couple of overthrows on a really windy day. And when, you know, most of those were downwind and one of those, you know, should have been an interception. I mean, it was thrown right to Marquise Gilbert. He just kind of drops it. Um, but you also have a, a ball that should have been a, you know, 50, 60 yard touchdown um, that was dropped by Tavares Dawson. And that's where I come back to for, for now for this quarterback group. Um, they got to have some help at, at that wide receiver position. Um, and, and we saw some of that a little bit um, with a couple of guys that made some plays. Uh, Landon King, um, Xavier Capers kind of kind of doing what we've seen him do at times. But yeah, the quarterback battle, it is just, I think, just now kind of getting rolling. And, and it was an absolute incomplete coming out of the spring because of Zach Calzada. Now, there's there's pieces of it together, but this thing's going to start over. And you know, Holden Garner, man, he looked really good in his time out there. He can throw the football. We know that. Um, he's a guy that can move around some. Um, but it's it's just it's impossible to have a four-man quarterback race. And I think we saw Saturday that Robbie Ashford put his name into the hat. And um, T.J. Finley still has the big, the big advantage to me in terms of overall knowledge of the offense. And that's the thing. You scale it back on Saturday and you help a guy like Robbie Ashford kind of have a day a little bit, probably scale it back on defense. When you throw the full book at guys who's prepared to handle that, that's going to be the ultimate test that they'll have to find out in August. Yeah, and that's something that was talked about with a guy like Ashford over and over again um, this spring. Brian Harson at one point said, "Look, he's just trying to get ahead of himself. You know, he's 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 kind of seeing the end goal, and you know, one obviously fighting to be the starter, but you know, you've got a there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Um, and that is interesting too. That that was something Harson brought up after the spring game was this is the first time in a long time." Um, that he's been focused on only one sport, how much of a difference that that actually makes in the end. Um, we'll see, but you know, being a dual sport athlete, obviously can't be something that's uh that's super easy, but certainly we saw that athleticism, um, on display for him. Yeah. Holden Gurner. So we'll go through the stats here. Um, again, like Jason said, you can't necessarily take everything away, um, from an A day scrimmage, but you know, it does give you bits and pieces of what you saw throughout the spring. Um, Gurner was the most efficient passer, um, obviously, he did it against pretty much the third team defense. I think Landon King caught that touchdown over uh, John Reese Ballou at safety. So it's not necessarily SEC competition he was going up against. But one thing Brian Harson said about Gurner was um, had a lot of good confidence on that last drive. Just kind of took what the defense gave him, took what the defense gave him over and over again until he found a throw that he really liked. Um, and we knew about his arm talent. You know, you and you and, uh, and and Keith, the people who followed him on the recruiting trail, knew he had a talented arm. That was a really good looking throw. Um, to Landon. So he goes 
he goes nine of 11 um, in the game for 71 yards. Obviously, that was only on the one drive. Robbie Ashford goes 12 of 16 um, for a buck 32. And then TJ Finley, 11 of 19 for 137 yards and one touchdown, uh, the 20-yard touchdown on their first drive. Although, upon replay, it was pretty obvious that Malcolm Johnson um, didn't come down with the ball and, and kind of juggled it there at the bottom. But, you know, it's a spring game. Um, doesn't necessarily matter. So uh, we'll move on now to kind of some other positions that, that's, that stood out during the game. You know, Nathan, one thing I wanted to say before we yep. moved on from the quarterbacks, is I liked what the coaches did. The third quarter, running clock, it was over yep. in a flash. Fourth quarter, they wanted to give those guys a little more opportunity to um, to uh, show what they could do, particularly the, the freshman, the early high school graduate. And, uh, and they slowed the clock down and played a normal game, and he let them down and got a touchdown on the uh, – what turned out to be the last play of the game other than the two-point conversion. And, you know, I, to me, that was one of the best things that happened in the spring game, giving him a chance to go out there and do his thing in front of a crowd. He did not look like a high school senior to me. Yeah. He's got good feet. He's got good balance. He was calm, and he's a very accurate thrower. So that's good news for the future. Yeah, I think he's shown everything in the spring <clears throat> that you would want from an early enrollee quarterback and and Brian Harson has talked about him throughout the spring. It's just, look, it's a lot of stuff being thrown um, at a young guy. He's obviously not going to absorb it all immediately. Um, but certainly we saw, you know, the talent on display um, and the arm talent on display as well. Um, Tank Bigsby, big focal point for this offense, obviously this season, but your guy, Jason, Sean Jackson was probably the most utilized running back by carries. Um, I'm just kind of guessing, right? Yes. He led the, led the team with six carries. We saw a guy like Jordan Ingram, out there as well, make a couple good, uh, good shifty moves. The tight ends, Mark, which you wrote about, um, showed what they're going to be this season, which is a great security blanket for this offense. And a guy from John Samuel Shanker all the way down to look, Brandon Frazier led led the team in receptions today, day with five. Um, pretty much down the line at tight end, I guess that's where we'll go next for a guy like Finley or Ashford or Calzada. Um, I think heading into the fall, really, really important position group um, because. Those guys, I don't really think Mark had much of any errors throughout the throughout the spring. I mean, they're very consistent um, and a very con, a very experienced group there that that has a lot of guys that can get on the field this season. They got a variety of different types of players too, and uh, a lot of these guys are good athletes. You know, Shanker played baseball for Auburn. Uh, Luke Deal was a quarterback in high school. He was also a very good basketball player, and uh, you know, Landon King's obviously such a good athlete. They can flank him out at wide receiver. And, uh, you know, I think Auburn's going to really have to be successful running the football this year to win games. And uh, these guys are going to need to figure heavily into the blocking. And they got some guys who are willing to do that. So, uh, you know, if you'd asked me before the game which group would be the most impressive, I would have said my guess would be the tight ends. And then after the game was done, I'd still say tight ends. And uh, to me, you're going to have to go back many, many years, maybe to the 1980s, to find it as an impressive group of tight ends on an Auburn football team as this team potentially has for 2022. Yeah, and it really sets up to be exactly what you need. Um, like Jason was talking about, this receiver group has some experience coming back. Um, Javarius Johnson didn't play in the spring game, um, but he had obviously been just kind of nagged with a hamstring injury throughout the spring and, and, you know, not wanting to, to mess with that too much in the spring game. But Xavier uh, Capers was probably the most 
impressive looking player over the middle of the field, caught a couple really nice balls, um, 23 yards and 27 yards um, from Robbie Ashford uh, and 35 yards after the catch for him. So that was good. Talked about Tarvarish Dawson down the sideline. Similar play to last season, except last year in the bowl game, Finley overthrew him for a touchdown. Um, this time he was able to get his hands on it, but but couldn't come down with it. And Jason, that's something Brian Harson talked about. Um, you know, just unforced errors in this game. That's you know, spring ball is it's it's time to get those things out. It's not a huge deal. Um, but you had Hayden Bryce got his hand on a on what maybe could have been a pick six. Obviously, he wasn't in an amazing position. Um, Marquise Gilbert. Brian Harson said at halftime, right in the bread basket, yeah, absolutely. Caught, caught an overthrown ball um, from TJ Finley. And then you had a couple drops from the offense. So uh, not, not the clean. And then you had a, a, a missed chip shot field goal, though that was by the punter. So obviously they were, they were you know, trying some new things out, but um, you know, drops is something Auburn cannot afford it. If we're talking specifically about the receiving core, cannot afford to have that be an issue again. Um, this coming season because we saw how much that plagued them over the first, you know, six or seven games of last year. Yeah. Other than that, you know, I thought it was pretty, pretty clean spring game otherwise. Um, you know, and you look at it, um, you know, a couple of drops here, there, uh, again, it was for folks that, that weren't outside on the field. It was a, it was a tough day to throw it and catch it. Now, you know, gusting 25, 30 uh, flags were, I mean, it was swirling inside. So it was a difficult day. I talked to, Auburn kicker, um, Sonny Alex McPherson before the game. I said, this is a, this is a good day to, to not have to kick out here in the wind. He said, or it could be a good day depending if, if the wind's at your back at that time. But, um, yeah, overall I thought it was good. And Mark, your, your point about tight ends had me, had me looking at something. I, 1987, that's the year that probably when you look at it, a tight end group that had Walter Reeves, Lee Mark Sellers, um, Lamar Woodson, Frank Thomas, another guy like that. Like, that was a pretty talented group of tight ends. But this group is, I, I, and and I don't, you know, we haven't mentioned him much, but to me, one of the maybe the biggest parts of Saturday was seeing Brandon Frazier be involved and make some catches and show that big athletic body and, and catching them. That's the first time, you know, we, we've heard about it. We've, you know when he signed with Gus Malzahn coming out of high school and all that preseason. And now for two years, we haven't seen it. And now we saw it for the first time Saturday and with a group that, that, that needs some help in, in a playmaking department. I mean, you know, from, and, and those guys that they're going to be, I, I'd be really surprised if we don't see two tight ends for a lot of the year and maybe three with Landon King being that kind of swing guy heavily involved in an offense that wants to run the football. I saw him make several really nice catches in the um, passing drills uh, during spring practice. And I hadn't, and that really sort of got my attention. I was wondering if maybe the light had flipped on for him. And uh, a couple of his teammates said that he was having a, a good spring. And uh, that was certainly apparent with the way, you know, he played on a day. And I thought the freshman showed some good intelligence out there. He had a mismatch out there with the size and he just kept going right back to the same play throwing to the six foot seven 262 pound tight end and uh you know if it ain't broke don't fix it and he had a chance one chance to get in there and try to move the team down the field and uh that was one of the ways he did it yeah Gurner obviously on the on that last drive that was the only was the only opportunity we got to to see him but I think he definitely made the most of it um on the defense it was you know, you had Finley with the first team offense going against the second team defense, and then that was flipped for uh, Robbie Ashford 
running the second team uh, offense. That defensive line we knew throughout the spring has you know defense already has an advantage in the spring most of the time um, because it's just the way you know the offense is still trying to figure out the playbook. Um, but that defensive line obviously is one of the better you know at, at the top at least of the depth chart is one of the better position groups Auburn's got this season. Guys like Colby Wooden and Marcus Harris were out there doing a good job. Um, but the linebackers were probably the biggest position of interest there along the defensive side because, look, Chandler Wooten, Zacoby McLean, Owen Papo, they were all in the stadium on Saturday, but not one of them played, of course. Um, and Owen Papo you know, is still on the team. The other two are off to the NFL. Um, but we saw, Jason, some extended time for a guy like Wesley Steiner. Cam Riley, was he had a, a five tackles and a sack, a couple good plays in open space. Um, and then Joko Willis continues to be a guy where you can just kind of circle him every time he he subs in at that star position, and you know he's going to have a good chance to make a tackle um, in space. And so it was it was interesting talking to Wesley Steiner after the game, um, you know about everything they had learned from Zacoby McLean, um, everything they had learned from Chandler Wooten, just kind of trying to take that and applying it um, this spring. And so that's a really interesting position group. Eugene Asante did not play um, in the game, but he's a guy who's obviously going to be in the mix. Um, for that starting group as well. I'm really interested to see what happens now in the fall when you insert Owen Papo, whose playing time diminishes a little bit. You know, how are they going to work that rotation? Um, because you got a lot of versatile talent there with guys like Willis and and uh, and Cam Riley. And then you've got a guy in Wesley Steiner who, look, just talking to him, you can tell he's just got that middle linebacker kind of kind of mind to him, quarterback of the defense. He's, uh, he's already kind of got that brain um, as a younger player. And so I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this position group, I also think, you know, I don't know what you think about it, Jason, but maybe a group where they could poke around and, and, and see about another transfer. Um, obviously other groups have a little bit more need, um, but I'll be interested to see what happens once Owen Papo gets put back in there. Yeah. I think it could be a possibility from a transfer that the, the really the, how that fits into the overall defensive scheme is, is a, maybe the bigger question. How many times do you get to have third linebacker on the field? Um, you know, how many of those opportunities are there? And because of that, what do you do with a guy like Cam Riley? Um, do you, does he slide inside? And and he's you know he has the ability to play that inside spot, but he's man, he's a natural outside. But he's also a guy that you just need to find a way to get on the field. Um, and Joko Willis stepping up in that role. Powell Gordon had a really good day um, for the for the early high school graduate from Auburn High. Um, because of that lack of numbers at the edge position. Um, do you slide Cam Riley outside at times to, to give you potential for um, another you know longer body as a pass rusher off the edge a little bit, just try to get him on the field? Um, all those things really have to be determined. And, we, you know, they'll have to kind of figure that out really once this transfer portal thing's done because right now you really can't afford to play two edge guys at the same time just because of the numbers. Um, maybe you can on third down a little bit. But you're going to be playing now three bigger bodies at times. We saw Jason Jones in the middle at kind of the nose guard and Colby Wooden and Marcus Harris kind of flanking him and some of those guys. Now you create a, a little bit of a lack of depth inside when you do that. Um, th there's a lot of moving parts to this defense. The first 15 to 18 of this guy, a pretty good defense. Where do you find the next six to, to eight guys to give you that rotation on that defense and at the edge position. But I actually think the linebacker group from the beginning of spring, knowing there's no old Popo, I thought Christian Robinson did a great job with those guys. I think they improved dramatically. And that's a group now that you feel pretty good about going into the fall. Yeah, let's talk about the transfer portal. Um, just for a minute here, we know that 
along the defensive line, edge rusher. I mean, one or two guys is, is probably their biggest position of need. We know that wide receiver was something they had been poking around for before the spring, so they're going to resume that now. Um, but Mark, on on both you know the football and the basketball front, um, these next few weeks, because I believe May first is the deadline, right? If you want to if you want to play next season um, to get into the portal, and so. Um, it's going to be a hectic next few weeks, and, and that's certainly something that Auburn staff immediately following the spring. I know they've got the evaluations with your position group, your coaches, all that kind of stuff, and that leads to transfers every year because you kind of hear where you stand. Um, but in terms of getting guys from the portal, it's going to be a hectic next few weeks for Auburn um, as they're trying to address some real positions of need that they've got. You know, last year they went heavily into the portal, and they had some really nice hits like a Marcus Harris, and they had some guys who really didn't even move the needle at all and some of those guys are gone already and uh so i mean it's important to get guys but it's important to get the right guys and they definitely need a wide receiver uh preferably a big wide receiver with good hands who uh, can get open and catch the ball over the middle i think they desperately need another big defensive lineman because you know they opened that uh the a-day game with walk-ons out there playing with the two uh, defensive front. And I think Jimmy Brumball did a good job with those guys. I thought they played solidly, but that's not what you need to win in the SEC. You only have three scholarship players at the edge position. So you definitely could use another guy there. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't, it would make sense to me if you can find a difference maker at linebacker to bring him in there too. So uh, there's a variety of positions where they could get help from the transfer portal for, for football. And uh, uh, that is going to be a big, big component on how good this team has the potential to be this fall, guys. Yeah, you'd love to have a situation like last year where, I mean, they like you said, the hit rate on their transfers, I mean, they, they got a lot that they really needed. Uh, Marcus Harris turned into a starting player. Donovan Kaufman did. Um, TJ Finley was extremely important. If you didn't pick up a guy like him last season, um, after what happened to Bo Nix, you know, you might be throwing Demetrius Davis into the fire, um, for the last few games of the season. Obviously Auburn didn't win any games under Finley, but he was at least able to keep that offense from, you know, completely going under. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. And, and they're hoping that they'll be able to get guys that were as efficient and as effective, um, being as being plug and play guys as they did, um, Last season, and I asked you guys, it would be great yeah. if they could get another guy like a Leota, um, yeah, him too, Northwestern, who's got more than one year of eligibility. And uh, I think Leota's got a chance, to, he was good last year. I think he's got a chance to be really good this year. So I like those guys who are uh, transfers who can play uh, two or maybe even more seasons if you can find those. Yeah, him and Kaufman both are those couple nice starting starting caliber pieces along the defense that you know you're going to have um, for a few seasons moving forward. I asked you guys this yesterday. It'll be in our exit survey story a little bit later today. But, Jason, I'll start with you. Who is your breakout player, your, your most important player throughout the spring, not the spring game MVP? Um, obviously, although I, I don't did, did either. I don't know if either of us picked Cam Riley um, as one of our MVP candidates on, on Friday. Maybe we did. But um, who are your two biggest offensive and and defensive players of the spring um, that you think did the best job over the 15 practices? Yeah. Uh, Cam Riley's a guy that I've, I've watched so long that I just, I just think about for him, it's just been more about getting the opportunity because I think it's always been there for him. When I think about breakout performers, it, it's rare to do this, but 
Caleb Wooden's got to be a guy for me um, because of the the need at that position. I mean, they absolutely have to have somebody step up at safety to be at a minimum a reserve, a backup. I mean, um, you know, behind Zion Puckett, we did, you know, Zion Puckett missed a lot of the spring. Donovan Kaufman stepped up. But Kaufman's a guy that may end up sliding to the nickel some. I mean, they had to have somebody come in and play and deliver immediately. Caleb wouldn't did it. Uh, now, there's a, there's a long way to go from being the spring breakout star to, to carrying that to the fall. But knowing his bloodlines, knowing his, his parents, his family, and how hard he's he's worked to get to this point, I think Caleb Wood's a guy that that has put himself in a position to be a special teams guy, to to be a guy they trust and to put in some key positions. We saw that with you know Smoke Monday as a true freshman. They kind of eased him in in some different spots, and he played a good bit of football. I think the same thing with a guy like Caleb Wooden this year, based on what, what we saw this spring. Mark on on both sides of the ball, who gets your uh, who gets your helmet sticker for the best performances of the spring? Well, I tell you, a couple guys that really stepped up where they're needed: uh, uh, Nehemiah Pritchett and Jalen Simpson at cornerback. These guys have been around for a while. They're very athletic. They were both undersized when they got to Auburn. They're bigger and stronger now. They've made the natural progression. I think they're really confident. You know, Roger McCreary's gone, probably going to be playing on Sundays. They need a couple alpha males back there in the secondary willing to play the, the cornerback positions. You don't have – those guys can play both sides. You don't have to flip them uh, pre-snap. And they can also, you know, cover in the nickel position if they need to. So I think, you know, these guys – can make a big difference because if you got two cornerbacks who are really playing at a high level, that makes your whole defense a lot better. Now, offensively, a lot of guys uh, look good to me, but I can't say anybody impressed me more than Robbie Asher because, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect because the guy hadn't played football, you know, in a real game type situation for since he was in high school. So, yeah, that, that stood out to me. I was not the least bit surprised. Sean Jackson stepped up and had a good spring and earned a scholarship because it, it was just a no-brainer to me because I remember seeing him in high school and was very impressed with him. And not just as a running back. He's physical. He's 5'9", 230, and will run over people. But he's got really good hands, too. And if I was calling plays for Auburn this year, I would certainly throw some balls to him out the edge, getting him running north and south. Yeah, that's one of their more interesting, I think, the number three tailback in fall camp because you got three guys that are pretty capable of doing it. Sean Jackson, Jordan Ingram, we haven't seen a ton from him over, you know, his his now his second season with the program. And now Damari Alston will be here in the fall. He's a recruit Auburn's been excited about for a while, the three star running back um, from Atlanta. And so, yeah, I thought maybe a guy like Killian Zaire was somebody too along the offensive line that needed talk about, you know, at, at a position of need really needed to step up at left tackle um, while they were dealing with some injuries. And now from the language of him, his teammates, his coaches, Will Friend, really seems like he's the guy at left tackle, the best pass protector. So, Jason, I think we talked about last week is maybe now it's more of a Alec Jackson versus Austin Troxel battle along the right side because it, it, it seems like a guy like Killian has really locked it down along the left and he's going to be um, your guy in the fall from – so that's like that's a guy who really stepped up in from my perspective on the offensive side. Jason um, wanted to before we close out here. We had some recruiting news over the weekend. Four-star safety Terrence Love um, commits to Auburn. That's a big pickup. Obviously, a guy from um, Langston Hughes, the Atlanta area. Tell me about him and what he brings to this recruiting class. How Auburn was able to land him, um, 
and then we previewed it a little bit. This wasn't a, a massive recruiting weekend, but it was an important one. What other kind of strides did, did Auburn make this weekend um, with the visitors they had on campus? Yeah, um, obviously you start with with a commitment. Um, the first one's you know in in a couple of months for Auburn, and you look at at a guy like Terrence Love, and it's athletic safety. I mean, he's he's long. I mean, this guy has the build of 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 a guy that could end up being you know down the road he may be 220 pounds uh, and give you that big physical thumper at safety that's what they're kind of looking for they're looking for a guy that can do that but he can run and cover ground and he kind of a ball hawk guy so i think the thing for him is is that he gives you that physical size he also gives you the ability to turn and run and and do some things out in, in space and so um i think it's a big deal for a couple of reasons and you know in kind of my my analysis thing i i talked about one of the things that that makes this a big deal is because of his teammates. I mean, this is a loaded Langston Hughes high school team there in Fairburn, Georgia, which is not very far away from Auburn up by 85. I mean, it's, it's an easy drive in because of that. They've been able to get these guys on campus and, you know, it starts with a guy like Bo Hugley, four-star offensive tackle is committed to Georgia, but Auburn has, has continued to, to, to go after him and recruit him hard. Um, Josh Horton is a, a three-star defensive lineman. there, a good looking player. It's a really talented prospect. Jelani Thurman, it's kind of the tight end, a la Landon King guy a little bit. That well, he's a he stretch guy that can do some things and big time bloodlines. You know, his dad was Odell Thurman. Mom played basketball at Georgia, but you know Auburn is is in really good shape with a guy like Jelani Thurman. Then you look at at twenty four, their quarterback, um, Air Noland, uh, Prentice Noland is is a legit prospect that Auburn has offered in, in that class. So that makes it a big deal. Maybe you start to get a little inroads in a in a really talented school there again, and so that's kind of where it starts. But yeah, there there are some good players on campus. The, one of the guys that that jumps out to me is Troy Bowles. Um, the name will sound familiar because his dad is Todd Bowles, um, longtime defense coordinator, been a head coach in the NFL before, and is now a head coach again with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, you know, Troy's a linebacker from from Tampa Jesuit, athletic, you know, big kid, physical. Um, Getting him on campus uh, was a big deal, and I think Auburn uh, has you know has, has made some noise there. So I think that's you know one of the things that that when you when you look at that um, kind of stands out about um, you know the weekend. It wasn't a huge group, but there were some you know some really you know talented kids on campus, and I think that was the thing that you look at from you know over the weekend is is you know where it starts um, is continuing to to get guys on campus, continuing to make um, impressions. And maybe the story of the weekend other than a commitment was, was Auburn offering you know, Brock Glenn at quarterback kid from, from Memphis um, who, when you dig a little deeper, you find out he, his, his first name is Auburn. He's got Auburn ties, Auburn connections. And this is a kid that, um, you know, kind of followed each other back. He, he made a visit to Auburn, I think early in the summer. And so he's been on campus before, um, a guy that I think has a lot of upside at the position uh, from a small school up in Memphis. So um, good weekend continues, you know, what's been a, a kind of move forward for them on the recruiting trail throughout the spring. Now they get a chance to go back on the road here in about a week, the coaching staff will get in schools, um, continue to build some of those relationships with the coaches themselves, um, get a chance to watch some guys in spring practice, so it'll be a, an important next couple of months for for the coach staff as they get out there and, and get busy. I'm glad you brought up Brock Glenn. That was, you know, maybe not the most important thing of the weekend. 
um, cause a little bit, a little bit farther out for him, but it was, it was the most interesting when y'all posted that. Um, I mean, how does a guy, how's a guy like him not come to Auburn now, Jason, um, when you, when you've got that in your bloodline and in your name, of, of course, we've seen crazier things happen before. Um, but yeah, that was, that was something yeah, that really it, surprised me when y'all posted it. Yeah. Sometimes it's all about timing. Um, you know, depends on how other guys, other, other spots, how the timing works out, especially at quarterback. Once you see these quarterback dominoes start to fall, um, you know, then, then you start to see other things happen. And, and one of those will, will fall on Tuesday, Christopher Vizina from Briarwood Christians, a guy that will announce on Tuesday, don't get a real strong Auburn vibe at the moment. Obviously things like that can change, but, once a domino falls from a guy like that, then you start to see other guys stay all right, I'm I'm gonna get in my spot and you know, wouldn't be shocked to see that happen. Um, uh, you know, not too distant future for Auburn as well. Yeah, that's a great point. You see that every single class um from the like you said, the top down from the quarterback position. It's happened to Auburn over the past few years, and that's kind of how you, you know, go about getting the makeup of your class. Um well, I think that'll do it for us. I think that was a good recap of the weekend. Um, like we talked about, got our final final doses of spring ball. Now it goes into what's a really important summer. Um, these player led sessions toward the, toward the end of the summer. Yeah, it's going to be big for a guy like Nick Brahms, you know, snapping to these quarterbacks, you know, it's going to be big for the quarterbacks to get timing with these receivers. Um, so obviously like we talked about, it's going to be three months of, of quarterback competition talk, but there's a lot of other intriguing position groups on the roster. Um, and then the transfer portal and recruiting will be hot as well for Auburn over the next few weeks. So thank you so much to Jason and Mark for joining us here today. Um, to all of our live watchers on Facebook and YouTube, thank you guys so much for joining us. If you're listening to the podcast, please give us a five-star review. That is the number one thing that helps us out. Intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can find him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next time, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody have a good start to the week.